Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla, and I'm so glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for all the wonderful things that you have done in and through and for us. God, we thank you for this time in the Word that we get to share, learning about you with those in the room, Lord, and our partners and our listeners, God, so that we can draw near to you, Lord, and we can learn more about you, Lord, and your heart and see who you are, God, and we are able to experience all the good things you want us to experience in your presence, Lord. We just thank you for those things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we get into the Word together and continue our study in the book of Ephesians. And this morning, we are moving into chapter 5. So with that, we're going to cover the first seven verses, which builds, of course, upon the, the section we just covered. So okay. can I get a volunteer to read Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 7, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you, as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that nor, no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Amen. So there's a lot in there. But before we open up the floor, I want to say this one thing. Notice that everything that he's talking in there, he is making it personal to you. or Me for me, you for you. Mm-hmm. Right? Not about monitoring others, if you will. Right? Yes. yes. So, that being said, I want to open up the floor at this time to let each of you have the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who would like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. So like previously what we were talking about in the um, chapter four, when we were talking about the, the wrath and the bitter and the clamor or bitterness, I'm sorry, bitterness and the clamor and letting it be put away from us and instead taking up the characteristics of God, the kindness, the tenderheartedness, the forgiveness and the love that God showed us. And then we see Paul, um, like verses three and four talking still continuing with those things like the fruits of the flesh or the the works of the flesh and what really caught my attention was when paul said it don't let it even be named among you because we're because it's unfitting for saints and it was something interesting the lord had shown me all the times where i would like joke with the boys or i would say something and it was like a quote from a movie and i would say it just 
fit there. And the Lord was showing me that these things that we like to classify and just go, oh, well, it just fit there, don't really fit there. They're not supposed to be there because that's not how God created us to be. He didn't create us to be angry, wrathful, clamorous, bitter, uh, idolaters, fornicators, coarse jesting. He he never put any of those things in our talents. It's not listed among our talent, time, talents, or treasures. So if we're finding them there, it's because we've allowed them to be there and because we want them there. If we, like... For an example, if you don't want something in your house, you get rid of it, right? You don't want the trash building up to the ceiling, so you take it out. Likewise, with these things, if we're seeing it in our lives, it's because we want it there. And if we don't want it there, we would get rid of them. We would take them out. So Paul is also encouraging us to, yes, be cautious of the root of these things that they spring up, but also um, taking the time to properly deal with them so that they're completely eradicated, not just stuffed into a glass mason jar for you to pull off your shelf the next time you need some bitterness or some anger to uh, speak your mind to somebody and let them know just how much how much you think of them. But instead, fill yourselves up with the love of God. Fill your treasure trunk with a treasure that the thieves don't steal, the moths don't eat, and they don't rust and perish. Because there, there is a hereafter. There is something called eternity. And whether or not we spend it in heaven with him or forever separated from him is our choice. But we can't say, I want to spend eternity with God and do the things, participate in the things that separate us from him. Because we know God isn't separating himself from us. He said he'd never leave us or forsake us. But he did not say that we were permanently tied to him. But in fact, we could choose to go another way. So it's important that as we examine our lives, and that, as you mentioned, about pointing fingers at other people, I, for me, in my own life, I rarely pointed my finger at somebody else, and it had been a mirror, and I was pointing right back at myself, <laughs> going, Layla, mm. you better get yourself together. It was always somebody else, and I needed to... And just like all of us have to examine ourselves because we're the only ones that can answer for what we did or didn't do when we stand before that white throne. It's not going to be somebody else's fault, but your own. You know, all that is absolutely true. Uh, I love how you brought up the thing about trying to, well, it's called what it is. It's imitating a movie. Like, oh, well, it just fits there. No. But what does fit there? How does chapter five begin? Be imitators Be of God. Be imitators of God as dear children. Dear children, not far off children. As dear children. Be imitators of God. God fits there. God fits everywhere. So shouldn't that be his nature, character, and attributes? Shouldn't that be the thing that comes out, that fits, as Holy Spirit dictates and gives you what to say or to speak and to do? In that situation, that environment? Yes. So we should be quick to do those things, right? That's the walking in love and forgiving. Even, this goes back to chapter 4, right? The last verse. Even as God in Christ forgave us, right? Yes. 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 Am I edifying you and building you up if I'm pointing out every flaw and weakness? Especially Mm -hmm. if it isn't done in love? No. No. And then what do you think the response is going to be? Probably one of nastiness. And they won't want to draw near to God because then they'll think, if this is you claiming as a Christian or treating me this way, why would I be a son or daughter of God? I'm better off doing my own thing. So 
then it is incumbent upon us to walk in love, as it says, right? Yes. As Christ loved us. Again, he's telling you, be like Christ. Imitate Christ. Exhibit the same character, nature, and attributes as someone who has Christ in their life and is empowered by the Holy Spirit to do so, being led by him. That's what we should be doing. Yes, Dan? Yes. Yes. So let's focus on that and let's continue with that. Promise you have something to share. Yes. Layla, as you're speaking, you talked about how coarse jesting and all the things Paul listed were not a part of God's character. And you read inside of the first verse how we're supposed to be emissaries of God as dear children. And that is how we should be living our lives. If God does something or tells us to do something, we should be doing it, not doing something because we think it's good or we we see someone else doing it. But it should be more so because God has asked us to do it for us. And you can read how about, especially inside of the New Testament, we're talking about Jesus' life, how that he wasn't, sick throughout his, all his life we should be having the same covenant with god as jesus had with his heavenly father and because he's our heavenly father we should be listening to him all the time whatever we do should be because we want to please him and make him proud of us as because we're his children we read about how the lord is able to say that he was well pleased with jesus because he was doing exactly what the father said and did and since we want the same outcome and since that's the only way we're going to be able to get into heaven, that is how we should be living our lives. And that goes to what Lily, you were saying is how we shouldn't be reflecting all the things that the adversary does because first it denotes that we're his children, the adversaries that is. Mm-hmm. And second, that we don't love God because it's plainly stated inside of First John how um, that if we don't love those around us, we can't love the Lord. Because the Lord is not seen, and the people who are next to us are visibly seen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Charles? Well, what the Lord was sharing with me is something a bit more broad. You, We have been talking about the first verse, but if we look back in everything that Paul was covering inside of um, chapter 4, he's covering things that are issues that... As humans, we want to overlook or think that they're not so significant that they warrant our time to deal with. And we see here that Paul is talking about how we have to separate ourselves from the world. He's encouraging believers to make a choice for the Lord. Give away all these things that you think are okay or all right because it doesn't seem so bad on the surface. But fully enter into what the Lord has for you. And you see that inside of verse 7. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. And the Lord just reminded me of, as humans, we think that, okay, we're not doing so much. We put ratios on things. We're thinking, okay, we're 95% good, so they'll get 95% of us, or there's a 95% chance of us going to heaven. And how we tend to think like that as humans, but the Lord is encouraging us to make a decision all the way. Paul here is talking about things like coarse jesting and talking foolishly. And he's saying to stop and put away those things. When we see this is just a continuation of what he started inside of chapter 4. Where he's saying that, okay, you guys have made the decision to 
lived for Christ, quote unquote, on the outside and you've said that, but you're still acting like this. You need to refine that. You need to get it together. And you can't just be um, hoping that the Lord will overlook it for you so you can continue what you're doing. He wants us to move fully into everything that the Lord has for us. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And, you know, something to keep in mind is that when this epistle was written, when the word of God was written, it was not written with chapter and verse. Amen. It started, Paul started at the beginning of his letter to the Ephesians and he continued to write. So these things, while the way we are trained, especially in America, to read, we say, okay, if there's a new chapter, we're changing subjects. We might still be, va- we're in the same book, technically, we're still in the same story, but this is separate from the chapter before it. And when we approach the word of God that way, sometimes it can keep us from realizing the fullness of what's being said in the word of God. The word of God is one, just like God is one, right? We're the body of Christ. And John tells us that Jesus is the word. So we're looking into Jesus as we are studying through the scriptures. And just like his arm isn't laying over there by itself, right? If we were talking about the literal physical Jesus while he was in the earth, his arm wasn't here, his leg wasn't there, his hair wasn't somewhere different. And then all of them had no correlation to each other. And we just kind of spotted it and somehow knew that that was Jesus's arm or leg. No, (laughs) it was all on his body. He's complete. Exactly. Attached. And just like your body, my ears aren't laying somewhere else. They're connected, Mm -hmm. right? And there's a continuous flow in the body, the way the body has been arranged by God. So likewise, the word of God has a continuous flow. So, so thinking about this, this is continuing. It's not separate from chapter one, two, three, four. It's all talking about a continuation of a process and making progress in your walk in relationship with God. And he's highlighting distinctly, like, let me put it in plain terms for you. I'm paraphrasing what Paul is saying here. Let me put it in plain terms for you how you behaved, you, the reader, the writer, who he was, the audience he was speaking to, you behaved, and all who are a part of the kingdom of darkness behave. But you are now separated. So it's time for you to cultivate and to develop in the things that reflect who our God is before you might have imitated Spider-Man, Batman, or for them in the period, Zeus or Mm -hmm. Asherah or whoever was their idol that they previously served. They're all a part of the kingdom of darkness. But he said, in the past, you did this. And he even clarifies the, the sons of disobedience. This is what the sons of disobedience acted like. And you saw these same things in yourself. But now that you are a son of obedience, right? That's yes. That's insinuated there. That's implied because if, if disobedience is bad, then obedience would be the proper way, right? And here are the characteristics of a son of obedience. And he's comparing and contrasting the two kingdoms that are represented, light and darkness, but also how do you know when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing? What's the right way that you should go? Here's your roadmap. Here's the instruction so that you're able to see and have a definitive point that you're progressing towards so that you can imitate and reflect God. And that's what that imitation means. It means not only trying to behave like God, but also looking like God. 
Yes. I love that you you brought that up, sir, and and you, honey, honey, about it being continuous, right? So let's connect some things here, right? Towards the end of chapter four, right? I'm just going to use that for reference point. Yes, it's all one continuous thing. Starting in verse 30, we're told not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God, right? Yes. And then he says, let all these things, in verse 31, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, every evil speaking, oh, and evil speaking, excuse me, be put away from you with all malice. Now, but then he tells us, be kind to one another. And as as both you, LaCharles, and Layla pointed out, let these things, fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, filthiness, foolish talking, coarse jesting, be put away from you, right? Yes. Let it yes. not even be named among you. Well, I'll tell you, in many of those things that are listed that are grieving the Holy Spirit, many of those things happen within long before you see the manifestation of them. Everybody get that? Yes, yes. Anger and, and malice and wrath and bitterness, those things can be kept underneath the surface for a time until they boil over and then come out amongst filthiness, foolish talking. But you see, when they're in the heart, they already grieve the Holy Spirit. They're already grieving Him. Right? What does it say about, uh, well, Lucifer in Isaiah 14? Because the Lord knows the thoughts and intents or intentions of the heart. He says, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the far reaches of the north. That he would make himself like the Lord Most High. Now, I I say that because we're talking about we need to imitate the Lord. Yes. We need to be like him. Exhibit his nature, his character, his attributes. Walk as he walked. Talk as he talked. Do what he did. And he said, even greater things than these you will do. It's not a replacement or a substitute for him. You cannot ever replace the Lord. Yes, Dad. But we should grow and become like our master our Lord and Savior. So those things that, A, first grieve him, shouldn't be in our lives. And if we can deal with that, the heart, then they won't come out, they won't manifest themselves in our daily life. Does everybody understand that? Yes, yes. Dad. Because I know there's a lot, a lot there to reflect on and, and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. But all those things, even in verse 5, right? No fornicator, no unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Is making it very plain and clear to all who are examining themselves which kingdom you have chosen. If God's your God and you're his people, or if you've chosen to be in the kingdom of the adversary. Of Satan, the devil. So, with that, we need to examine ourselves in this. Yes, Dan. Yes, Dan. And I'll say we have the opportunity to repent, to uh, help uh, allow the Lord to help us 
and uproot those things from our lives if he is our choice. Yes. And, and I pray that that is the choice that you make. But that, that is what's required for everyone to make a choice and to remain choice for the Lord and to remain with that choice. And I say, you should make a choice for the Lord, right? Because we should. The other choice is... Choose life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> choose, choose life. life. <laughs> that will be well with you and your children, your children's children. Choose life. That's God's recommendation and exactly. that's ours. And we're sticking with it. Amen. <laughs> and, and that will not change from this ministry. That will always be our recommendation. Choose the Lord. Choose life. Mm-hmm. So I know there's a lot in there. Let's pause for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Well, Lord, I just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us the opportunity to be like you, Lord, and just showing us how we should walk, Lord, and obedience and how it looks like, Lord. And, Lord, I also just thank you for giving us the opportunity to be well with you, Lord, and that you teach us everything, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on Connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.